You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Well, welcome back to Sprott Money News. This is your Weekly Wrap-Up for Friday, July the 15th, 2016. I'm your host, Craig Hemke, and joining us as usual this morning is Eric Sprott. Eric, happy Friday. Hey, Craig. Uh, happy to be here. Uh, sort of an interesting week. Uh, uh, not that we accomplished much in the metal prices, but certainly the stocks uh, put in, a, I think, a superb week so far. So uh, lots to chat about. They certainly did. And, you know, and just for perspective, two weeks ago today, July the 1st, gold closed at 1339. And I've got a last this morning of 1330. And silver closed at 1960. And I've got a last of 2030. So as painful as this week felt or as no fun as it felt, it's really not too bad, is it? Yeah. No, it's interesting uh, what's going on in gold and silver. And I, you know, you and I are both on the same page on silver in the sense that there's this huge short position on COMEX, and it looks like the commercials maybe, maybe hung out to dry here. And you know, we keep seeing these quick declines in gold, and I think the express intent is to try to get silver to break, but it just won't break. I mean, it had on uh, Wednesday, it had a. Uh, the Tuesday had a closing high. I think Wednesday had a closing high. Yesterday was just below its closing high. And uh, this all all the while, this is while gold's going down uh, $40 and silver's kind of hanging in there. And, of course, I think silver is uh, the real weak spot here because, you know, there's, it's not as though there's huge supplies of silver kicking around in case there is a shortage. So it could get um, very explosive here. And uh, yeah, I, I would say it's had a pretty good week in the circumstances. I'll go off on a tangent real quick, as you mentioned that, Eric, and ask you about a theory that I've had in that, you know, we saw what happened to silver in 2011 and then what happened as it came down. And immediately in June of 2011, J.P. Morgan was approved for a COMEX silver vault. And over the last five years, they've amassed something like 75 million ounces, uh, more than half of all the total vaulted silver on the COMEX. Do you think they're could potentially use that as a war chest to protect their shorts. What do you think that's all about? Well, of course, it could be used for that. Uh, uh, if we got into a default situation where people couldn't uh, deliver silver, and maybe uh, J.P. Morgan would use that physical silver to kind of hold the fort. 75 million ounces, you know, and in the scheme of things, doesn't seem like a lot of gold these days, or a lot of silver these days, because, I mean, it could trade Oh my God! How much does it trade a day? Uh, we trade way over that yep. every day. Yep. So I, I don't know that it would stand in. I think Ted Butler has a theory that uh, you know someday J.P. Morgan will reverse their short position and yet still be long silver. And I think he thinks their silver position is way beyond seventy-five million. He kind of quotes numbers like you know five hundred million ounces. Now I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but. Yeah. That would seem more appropriate to me for a company like J.P. Morgan. Um, so I, I, I mean, you see things in silver and in gold, and I mentioned this before, where I think some of the, the commercials are, are deserting the ship here and actually adding to their long positions, while other ones, of course, are getting deeper in, in, on, on the short side. So um, I just think that, you know, when you look at what's going on in the world and the flow of, of money into, let's just call it precious metals, and, you know, if, if even a third of that money or 20% of that money tries to go into silver, even 10% tries to go into silver, price of silver will go crazy. Here. Yeah. And I, you know, it's now way outperformed gold. It's almost it, it doubled the gold's performance this year. 
So more and more people got to be looking at it. And uh, I just think that the average investor, when we see all this nonsense going on in the world, <laughs> the negative interest rates and the depreciation of the currencies, uh, it's not going to take much uh, new demand in silver to, to really turn things up really big time here. To that end... Here's an interesting couple of stories for you, Eric. You know, the, what seems to be driving the stock markets and the currency markets this week is this news out of Japan about increasing their stimulus and wondering if they're going to start what everybody refers to as helicopter money. But maybe the Japanese regular citizens are getting wise. News came out this week that a company called Tanaka is going to buy the silver refiner Metalore. That comes on top of uh, some late 2014 news that Asahi was going to buy Johnson & Matthey. And they're actually, the Tokyo, Tokyo Commodity Exchange is now opening a physical gold fund uh, or gold contract at the end of this month. Do you think maybe the Japanese are getting wise to what's going on? Well, there's no question that they are. In fact, uh, I saw something, I think it was from Tanaka, saying that the last week uh, their volumes went up by 100% over the previous week. And it's all, as you point out, it's this talk of helicopter money because everyone ultimately knows where this all leads, okay? I mean, yes, it's fine. We could have some sort of temporary boost to the financial assets, but we all know that if it's if it's just helicopter money, the currency is going to bear the brunt of it. So why do you want to own the currency, particularly when there is a negative interest rate? And uh, obviously the Japanese citizens have seriously stepped up their gold buying all year, and I think particularly so since uh, we had this helicopter money discussion. So... Uh, and it, it's a logical thing for them to do. I mean, there's been many articles, and I think David Stockman wrote a great article about helicopter money. And, I, of course, helicopter money was referred to by the uh, the head of the Cleveland Fed in a speech in Australia, for goodness sake. But maybe we got to go to helicopter money in, uh, in the United States. So uh, this is uh, becoming a way more dominant theme. And while we're at it, I mean, it looks to me like uh, they're going to try to resolve this Italian banking problem uh, with some kind of uh, macro solution where uh, a number of agencies and banks come in and lend the Italians, uh, Italian banks money. And I read, when I think retrospectively over the last week in Europe rallying quickly out of Brexit, I suspect that it was because it is backroom uh, solution to the Italian banking problem was probably being put out there and uh so it looks like and, and of course the biggest concern that, that all these central bankers have is that bank stocks go down and if they can keep the bank stocks go, from going down i think they believe they're doing a good job um and and it looks like they might have a solution to the uh the italian banking crates but again it's just really uh, using the public's money essentially um to to bail out the banks yet again Yes, you know, and that's an excellent point in that the, the two big fundamental drivers seem to be the negative interest rates, but then this possible dissolution eventually of the euro. Uh, they almost have to save the Italian banks, don't they, to try to keep Italy in the EU as well? Well, they do, because the, the domino effects, of course, are quite significant. And, and uh, I've always stated that ever since Lehman, there's one thing that the central plan has learned. Never allow a liquidation. We've never had a liquidation since then because the liquidation starts the dominoes falling. So even though we might all think that, you know, some Italian bank should go broke, you can't start the process because the Italian bank affects the French bank, the French bank 
affects the German bank, the German bank affects the U.S. bank, and away we go. So uh, you always have to find a solution. That's why the the central planners are so prepared to print money and bail out the banking system because they just know what happens if you start the unraveling. Yeah, yeah. Well, and Eric, to that end, in the face of what seemed to be a lot of gold negative news this week, even here uh, in the U.S. this morning, they came out with some pumped up retail sales numbers. The dips seem to keep being bought. As you mentioned, silver's hardly down at all this week. Uh, that seems to be a good sign, particularly in the miners. And I know there are some sectors of the miners that you really got your, your eyes on. You want to want to go into that and, and your sure. thoughts there? Well, I, I think the first thing to point out is that we keep getting these this bad these bad news items on Friday, like we did last week with the phony jobs report. Okay, so totally phony, it was a joke. And of course, they hammered gold, but it rallied right back up again. Now this Friday, we've got uh, the uh, supposed retail sales climbing uh, 06 or 0.7%, slam gold early. And uh, it'll be interesting to see whether we can rally back again. I always like it when they slam it hard because it gives, it gives incentive to someone to, to step in there and buy it because if, if they fully understand the, the whole situation that's going on in the, in the various COMEX markets. Um, but to your question about um, the exploration companies, I've, you know, I, I spend a lot of money buying developed companies, uh, whether it's I'm the chairman of Kirkland, I have a big position, I bought a big position in, in uh, New Market Gold. Uh, I bought some Jaguar recently. These are all producers. But lately, I've, uh, I, I'm starting to look seriously at exploration companies because I think um, when you realize where gold could go, some exploration company that has, you know, let's say an already sort of interesting deposit and, and the drilling could really make it explode, the returns you can get on these things can be so massive. And when you go back to some of the previous gold rallies, I mean, we used to have stocks that go up like 35,000%, that sort of thing. And uh, if you can find yourself a good exploration play, uh, I suspect that the rewards there are going to be so, so outsized. We've already had phenomenal returns this year in, in all gold stocks. The average gold stock's up 170% this year in six months, less than six months. Um, but I think it, it, we're, there's going to be a shift to, to exploration plays. So I think all of our listeners should uh, sort of sharpen their pencils and see what's interesting out there uh, to get involved in uh, what could be a very exciting play going forward. Yeah, I mean, Eric, your expertise in this area is legendary. Is there... I don't know. Could you share just one or two tips for people that are, you know, if they're going to go do their homework this weekend and try to find a few, are there two or three things that you always try to look for? Well, uh, you want to, to me, one of my favorite questions to any management is how big can it get? Okay. You want something to have the chance to get very, very large. Uh, so you need some kind of structural system that can be large. If you can't have a small footprint. You want to have a big footprint where it looks like geologically uh, things uh, could be quite uh, substantive. Now, I'm not a geologist, but I have people who I can ask about these things, and hopefully uh, uh, anybody out there can find someone and or read a report about a particular uh, project. But you want to look for something that would get big uh, where people really aren't paying a lot for it yet. And... Uh, I mean, I buy things from time to time, and typically I've, uh, I end up buying over 10% of something. I had an announcement, I guess, came out on Monday about a stock that I 
<clears throat> recently purchased. That's an exploration um, play. I'm not going to sit and promote it. If somebody wants to go look it up, they can. Um, but and I'm looking for other things like that as we speak. So uh, I think that's where the real uh, where the golden ring is going to be will be in the exploration stocks. Yeah, it certainly is a very exciting time to be in the sector, Eric. As we joke about every week, it seems to be uh, good luck that we have these conversations. I look forward to visiting with you again next week and see if we can't get back on the uh, green candle track. Okay, Craig. All the best. Eric, thank you. And from all of us here at Sprout Money News, thanks to everyone for listening and have a great weekend.